0: Hello and welcome to this edition of the Stockhead Wildcatter Report. My name is Peter Strachan, and today we're delighted to have Ian Tykos, who's the Executive Director of ADX Energy, uh, with us once again to talk about the progress of his projects. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Ian.
1: Thank you, Peter. Uh, Thank you for having
0: me. So, Ian, uh, when we spoke last year, you were busy uh, finalising the acquisition of a treasure trove of exploration data in the northern Molassa basin in uh, Austria, and also working towards uh, testing and evaluating a recent uh, gas discovery in uh, Romania. And on top of all of that, uh, with that acquisition of that access to that fabulous treasure trove of data, uh, you picked up uh, sort of incidentally a downstream uh, asset which uh, produces about 350 barrels of oil a day. So uh, now that that Project has been uh, fully acquired and you've had several months of data. Perhaps you can update us on how the uh, production asset is going and then we can uh, talk about the exploration activity that you have in Austria and then in uh, Romania. Certainly.
1: Yeah, look, uh, we, we acquired actually uh, finalised the acquisition on the 2nd of December. So we've had uh, the asset uh, in our hands for just over a month. Uh, However, we have had the opportunity through last year, after being the successful bidder, to monitor the progress of the production asset. And uh, certainly the field has held up uh, to expectation. Uh, Where we look at it today, uh, we also see lots of opportunities Uh, to increase production incrementally through low-hanging fruit workovers, uh, plus some uh, reserve additions uh, through infill drilling. So, so far, uh, what we've seen, we we really like. Uh, We also are planning to do a reserves review that we've commenced. Uh, And uh, again, the way the field is performing... Uh, we feel that uh, we'll be able to kind of increase our reserves from uh, where we expected them to be uh, during the acquisition process.
0: That's fantastic. So, Ian, uh, when you bought it, uh, the oil price was a little bit weaker than it currently is. So the oil prices now sort of in the, the mid-60s, and uh, having bounced off uh, $70 over the last month or so. Uh, How is that impacting your uh, cash flow from the operation? What's that looking like on a month-to-by-month month basis?
1: Yeah, I can't, I can't really tell you till I report it, but I, what I can tell you is we, we estimated around uh, uh, €2.5 million Euros of uh, free cash flow from productions. Uh, based on an oil price of around $60 a barrel. So where we sit right now, uh, the cost of production is so just under $30 a barrel. So I, I guess an extra $5 a barrel gives us around another sort of 10 15% uh, additional revenue. Uh, but what's also helping us is that effectively the field's not declining. Um, so... What we expect uh, during 2020 is effectively that we'll actually get the production rate up beyond where it was in 2019. Uh, and that will also help our cash flow.
0: So you've got some low hanging fruit there for well workovers and uh, some appraisal work on existing uh, fields. And uh, what sort of production would listeners expect from those? Is that an extra 20 barrels a day or an extra 50 barrels a day to, to build
1: you up towards 400? Yeah, that, that's the kind of expectation we're looking at. I mean, basically, last year there was uh, no workover rig in the, in the field. Uh, it was the, the rigs were uh, actually busy for RAG in other fields in Upper Austria, in the Molasse Basin, uh, near where we're uh, uh, working on securing exploration acreage. So, what we've got is a workover unit coming back, uh, and that'll be in the field from January through June. Uh, And what we expect from that will be, uh, you know, around the sort of 50 to 60 barrels a day of additional production that's uh, currently um, uh, non-producing. But uh, we know the oil is there. Uh, It's just workovers to get it back up. But also... Uh, I guess what we're expecting is a relatively flat production profile. So uh, where most fields would tend to dec- uh, decrease at around you know, 15% per annum, uh, this field basically had about 2% per annum decline in the last 10 years. Uh, and I think with those workovers, we'll actually be able to re- reverse the
0: decline. Yeah, and, and keep the production as it was. And it's worthwhile mentioning that uh, when you made this acquisition from RAG, you picked up a team of geoscientists and engineers who are able to do this work for you and provide a bit of leverage into your uh, your project on the exploration front as well. So um, as I mentioned in, in the introduction, we've got the uh, production asset in the Vienna Basin, and uh, you've got access to a treasure trove of uh, 3D seismic and other data, exploration data, in the Molass Basin. What's the, uh, the, the plan of attack there over to uh, 2020? Yeah,
1: uh, our priorities uh, probably uh, in the first part of 2020 will be getting uh, production up uh, and, uh, if you like, some low-risk drilling. Uh, in the the in the Vienna Basin, which will again provide uh, further production increases over and above workovers in the Molasse Basin. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, we managed to secure over three and a half thousand square kilometers of three D seismic, uh, which cost R A G about uh, forty million euros to acquire. And it's one of these strange situations where a company changed hands; it was bought by. Uh, if you like, uh, uh, effectively, a government uh, organisation that has made the decision they don't want to be in exploration and production anymore. They just want to be in gas transmission and storage. So as a result, um, RAG have uh, basically relinquished their exploration acreage and we've made overlapping claims uh, which were actually submitted towards the end of last year And we expect that within the next, say, two to three months, that we'll be uh, able to secure those licences. The benefit that we have is we have the seismic, we have the well data, and we also have access agreements to RAG's infrastructure, which makes that uh, exploration acreage, uh, some of which really should be classes appraisal, uh, much more valuable to us. Uh, than anybody else. Yes, indeed, you've got access to that downstream production facilities, and
0: RAG really focused on on doing the the basic science, and they hadn't really done a lot of drilling over the last sort of 15 years or so. So you're in a strong position.
1: Yeah, I mean, effectively we've got 24 prospects on 3D, eight of them are actually licensed to drill, and a number of them have actually got well locations prepared, ready for drilling. So it's almost analogous to walking into a, an exploration portfolio it's sort of year three or four where all the work's been done for you and a lot of the costs have been made and then you're in the position to you know benefit from
0: so it. your plan once you've um you know you're, you're focusing on getting the cash flow maintaining your cash flow from the Vienna basin but your plan in, in over sort of six to twelve months then would be to prioritize these exploration targets and and seek some farming funding to go out and drill them
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a combination of opportunities. There are some opportunities which we can uh, basically drill from actually existing wellbores that are owned by RAG, which they're happy for us to utilise. And they're very low cost, uh, low risk reserve additions that we'll attempt to do ourselves at 100 percent. Now, those things are maybe, you know, two to three million barrels. But uh, the the nice thing about where we are is whereas normally it would take you sort of, uh, you know, 12 to 18 months to tie something like this in, uh, we could tie these things into, you know, three to six months. Then there are some much bigger opportunities, sort of 10 to 20 million barrels or half a TCF of gas, which are obviously still on 3D, uh, higher risk, higher reward, uh, but those we we would seek to farm out.
0: And so, you know, just... For uh, scale, for the for the listener, uh, success in adding two million barrels of oil uh, would effectively double or triple your current uh, reserve position, which is about nine hundred thousand barrels um, in the Vienna
1: Basin. Yeah, look, absolutely correct. And uh, I mean, the the reality is, every couple of million barrels you can add, that that probably translates to maybe three or four hundred barrels a day of production. So, it's it's the immediacy of the cash flow because obviously then you can utilize that cash flow. Uh, to, to put back into continuing to develop, uh, you, you know, not only your reserve base but your, your cash flow and production base. So we've very much gone from a, I, I guess, a, a company very focused on farm outs and exploration to, uh, you know, reserves, production, and 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 cash flow.
0: Yeah, and so uh, just from a listener's point of view, where you are in uh, in Austria. Uh, are any of these assets difficult to get through seasonally? I mean, in the middle of winter, or is there roads and, and the snow doesn't cause too much of a problem?
1: No, it's it's uh, you're both in. I mean, in both areas, we're in kind of valleys, uh, very good road network. Uh, so it's uh, it's all a 24-hour operation. Uh, where we are in in uh, the Vienna Basin, the oil is is basically piped. Uh, where uh, in the in Upper Austria. Uh, the oil is actually transported to the IMV refinery by train. So, look, it's a very efficient uh, year-round operation. So, uh, and the nice thing about that, uh, we, we get we get to benefit from that.
0: So, uh, let's jump eastward. Uh, we'll go to uh, Romania. Uh, there, last year, you drilled the IMIC one uh, well, which was targeting something like twenty billion cubic feet of gas. Uh, you've made several. Uh, discoveries, uh, several different horizons, and you're looking to go in, I think, next month, uh, February, to do some testing work on that and then to start some 3D seismic running through uh, March on uh, on the other parts of the Parter Basin.
1: Yeah, look, uh, we've we managed to get a combination of funding, uh, some into Danube from Ribold, uh, which has basically provided us the, the funds required to test the IMIC-1 well uh, and also to drill the IMIC-2 well, which we plan to drill probably in a sort of July-August time frame. IMIC-1 uh, was drilled and suspended uh, in October. We, uh, we, we saw some very good sand development. Uh, and basically, we drilled the well on uh, a contingent resource of around 8 BCF, but Around 12 BCF of expiration upside. So the way it's transpired, uh, we've really found kind of what we expected, uh, what we thought we had plus plus upside. So uh, what we've announced is somewhere around the 20 BCF of gas, but we also see a lot of upside through stratigraphic potential. So the initial uh, objective is to go in there, make sure these well, you know, this well tests at uh, at uh, commercial production rates. Uh, which in this case would be sort of around the 1 to 2 million standard cubic feet a day. That's our expectation. Uh, one of these zones tested previously at a million standard cubic feet a day, but from a, 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 a very much inferiorly uh, drilled well. So we, we expect uh, probably around 2 million is, is quite uh, uh, quite reasonable. Uh, and then that also puts us in a position that we can book reserves and move forward with uh, with feasibility studies. So what we're looking at is either uh, gas to power or a relatively short tie-in uh, to uh, to uh, to an existing uh, gas plant, which would put us uh, straight into uh, the local gas network. Now that decision will somewhat be influenced also by the seismic that we're shooting, because we're also shooting some high-resolution seismic over IMIC uh, one and IMIC two. This well was drilled on 3D seismic. But now what we're doing is more specifically targeting the individual sand bodies to be able to map the extent of those because we can see, you know, uh, if you like, some uh, prospective resource here uh, of another, say, 40 BCF of gas. If that comes to fruition, then, uh, you know, we'd be needing to drill subsequent wells, in which case, you know, the production rates would go up significantly. So our decisions on a downstream solution will be dependent on the results of the testing the result, and the results of the yeah, upcoming So your gas
0: to power, if it flows at sort of 2 million or more, uh, if it's less than 2 million, maybe you, you'd just be very happy to sell the gas initially and then see what happens with the, uh, with the additional exploration
1: over time. Yeah, or, or if it's a much bigger resource, then it's probably more efficient to go for a, a full gas development because you've got a much bigger resource than having multiple power generators. So uh, it really depends also on scale. Uh, Power gen works very well. Other people are using it in the basin, uh, but uh, obviously if we get something much bigger, then we'd want to build the infrastructure and be able to leverage it.
0: So, Ian, um, the Parter Block is now sort of divided into two areas. There's what's called the sole risk area, which is Danube, um, a, in which you have a 49.2% interest, I think. That's right. And then the rest of the block uh, where uh, Tamas- Tamasek is earning a 50% interest by spending uh, money on the over 2000000 million, isn't it, on uh, seismic US, um, $1.5 million US. US, um, yes. then that means that uh, ADX will end up with just under 25% of the,
1: the total uh, block outside the sole risk area. Yeah, look, uh, that, that's correct. I mean, we're pretty happy with those levels, the, the reason being that uh, we we do plan to sustain our levels of around, uh, you know, the 50%, uh, so it'll go up and down depending on our funding requirements elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, and, look, that's that's where Rebold wants to be as well. Obviously, we're the only party there that can operate. We're licensed to operate both exploration and production. What is changing in Romania, though, is... I mean, we got into Romania on the back of, I guess, OMV taking out the national oil company um, about 10 years ago. So we we had a very privileged situation where we had a lot of data that other people uh, had not seen, and we really liked Romania. But Romania, in terms of new gazettals, has been very, very slow. Uh, We were in the first round of gazettals, and we won one of the first 10 blocks. Now, there are going to be more blocks being gazetted uh, so we intend to go after those. But also OMV is producing around 85,000 barrels a day of oil out of Romania. Um, and after about 10 years, they're actually now starting to sell assets. So we, we see Romania as an opportunity for, for further growth. Uh, so we like the way we're kind of positioned across um, both Austria and, and Romania. I mean, in Austria, we're now only the third producer in a country that's produced over 1.5 billion barrels of, of hydrocarbons. So we're only the third company to actually achieve a production license in Austria. Uh, we've got, we've set up a good beachhead there. Uh, we've got obviously activities in, in, uh, Romania, which will be testing 3d seismic and then further drilling. But there are lots of new ventures opportunities coming up as well. So, you know, uh, and getting additional interest in additional blocks uh, is, is certainly uh, very feasible for us, uh, given our position.
0: And given your sort of two and a half million euro uh, a year income from, uh, from the uh, oil production in the Vienna Basin, you're sort of self-funding for that activity and would only need additional funds from you know, farming partners for, for larger exploration uh, projects.
1: Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, our our goal over the next uh, 12 to 18 months is to to significantly build up that production base. Obviously, the more we build the production base, the more uh, access to internal cash flow we have, and uh, obviously, the more activity we get. Uh, So that's very much uh, what's going to drive our strategy. Uh, And so we, we, you know, we've got a you know, an, an ambition by you know 2021 through uh, both organic and, and acquisitions to to get up ourselves up for around 2,000 barrels a day. If we could achieve that, I mean, we could be a company that's drilling you know five or six relatively low risk wells a year. So uh, that would be a very pri- privileged position
0: to yeah. be in. Yeah, and so you've said going to be spending something like 6.2 million dollars of largely of other people's money. That's the money that. Uh, uh, tamasek is putting in and uh, rebolt has put in um to uh, romania yes. um, and you've raised additional uh capital you uh, convertible notes have have converted into shares uh what's the current state of the balance sheet i'm mean, obviously will know in more detail in a week or two when your okay. quarterly comes out but you have you still got some debt there and what's the sort of cash position
1: Well, the debt debt we have is the acquisition finance, which was uh, uh, around $3 million. Uh, But to put that into context, uh, the the field is producing around, uh, in in Australian terms, around $4.5 million uh, a year of of cash flow. So, uh, look, I think... uh, what, what we got there in, in, in the loan note that's remaining, it's it's no longer, occur- we, the convertible, as you say, has been yep. effectively converted. Uh, and the loan note that remains is at a 6% interest. So we, we feel financially we're, we're, we're in a pretty strong uh, and stable position. Um, what we also hope to do in the next two months is to demonstrate a larger reserve base in the, uh, the Geiselberg and Sistador fields, which are the, the fields that we've acquired, uh, and we could then leverage that reserve base in terms of, uh, you know, selling future production, et cetera, because, uh, a- again, if we can achieve that, uh, then we can actually leverage that production, which is currently unleveraged, to actually bring forward uh, some uh, additional activities like infill drilling, et cetera, which will then it's enhance the, the production. It's worth mentioning as
0: well that since you've had cash flow from this asset from the beginning of uh, 2019, uh, the, the, the acquisition is basically paid for itself in sort of 14 months or so at the moment. Is that the way it's looking? Cash flow. Well,
1: but basically, when we closed the transaction, I mean, we, we bought the asset for 4 million euros, but we effectively closed the transaction yeah. at approximately uh, 2 million uh, euros. So, uh, so basically, uh, at least half the acquisition cost was funded by uh, the field itself. Uh, over that uh, intervening period, and also there was, uh, you know, obviously there was some work also done in the field on, on uh, some workovers, etc. So, uh, so yeah, I mean the field is uh, certainly at, uh, you know, in the sixty dollars plus uh, range, is very highly profitable, uh, but. Uh, there's also some very good appraisal opportunities in this field that we're, we're getting our head around, uh, which were not really exploited by Rog. There's a deeper zone beneath the field, uh, which has four or five wells producing from it already. Uh, that's never been exploited, uh, and we see quite a uh, quite a significant. Appraisal upside. So, the beauty of it is you have all the infrastructure. This infrastructure could probably handle up to 4,000 barrels a day. So, what we're doing is actually going back to basics and, and reworking uh, everything in relation to this field and probably taking a little bit of a different approach to which uh, RAG did, which was kind of the more conventional decline curve analysis. We're basically going to rework the field uh, and, uh, and see, you know, from, from fundamentals what the possibilities are, and, and we're quite excited about what we're seeing.
0: Yeah, and applying uh, sort of modern well-completion technology, which has come ahead le- leaps and bounds in the last 15 years or so onto those tight sands underneath, uh, should be uh, quite interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because uh, we're talking about shallow drill depths here. We're not, I mean, we're, we're talking about things that are sort of 800 to 1,200 metres to drill. So if, if, you can, if you can make a well of, say, 100 barrels a day plus, it's, it's, a, it's a cracking well. Uh, something like that would pay back in uh, in uh, you know in less than twelve months. The the other thing that's that's nice about this uh, field is that we, we only pay one percent royalty. It's it's actually the only the only field uh, in all of Austria which uh, has uh, uh, if you, zero royalties because that royalty is just an overriding royalty to the original uh, um, asset owners who the who had the, the surface rights. Uh, and the, the other element of this that hasn't come through yet, so there was really three components to, to the acquisition, obviously the the oil and gas production itself, uh, access to, to the data and and uh, the exploration acreage, but then also the purchase of uh, uh, some of the land rights associated with the field, which uh, are probably worth about a half a million euros.
0: So, okay, well, just to uh, wrap it up, Ian, I think uh, the company with a market capitalization of... 15 odd million dollars uh, trading with a, a market capitalization of about $1.50 a barrel of uh, oil in uh, reserves. Uh, and that's not to mention the, uh, the gas, which is uh, soon to be appraised. And uh, hopefully by the end of the year, we'll come out with a, or the middle of the year, maybe some sort of a reserve estimate after the flow testing. Uh, It looks uh, a pretty exciting year coming ahead uh, for 2020. So um, thanks very much for the uh, time today with the uh, Wildcatter podcast. And uh, I think uh, in the second half of the year, we should uh, meet again and, and see how things have progressed.
1: Look forward to it. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Ian.